Welcome back, everyone, to the 11th episode of the Painted Area NBA podcast. I'm Jacob Stark, joined by my co-host, Garland Reed. Garland? Today, we're bringing you a very special episode of the Painted Area. We got an exclusive interview with Wizards center Daniel Gafford. That's going to be our first segment. Then we're going to go into, well, the draft was yesterday. We're recording this on the 30th of July. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the draft, uh, trades that already happened. And, I mean, it's going to be fun. Yeah. We had a great interview with Gafford. Um, we were so excited to do that. He's a total fan favorite of the Painted Area NBA podcast and here in Washington, D.C. So, um, yeah. And, oh, also check out our TikTok. We just made a TikTok at, uh, at the Painted Area. Um, so uh, we'll see you guys there. So we're going to talk strictly Wizards and maybe a little bit about your college life just because I'm a, a Razorback fan. But, uh, yeah, so... So first day as a wizard, how, you know, how is that like meeting the team, you know? Uh, first day as a wizard, man, it was, it was lit. Uh, I mean, to be honest, cause you know, Russ was here and um, coming in and just really just being a part of another organization and stuff. It was just a lot of stuff that was new to me and stuff. So the atmosphere and stuff was great. I love, I liked it a lot. Um, just sitting down, watching the practice and stuff, seeing all the smiles and stuff. No matter how, like, no matter how the season went at first with them when before I got here, you know, you could just tell the energy in the building was just different because everybody just wanted to come in and work and just get better and be able to come out, you know, the next night and stuff and just be able to play ball. So, like I said, the atmosphere was great. The energy was great. I loved it. They welcomed me and Chandler in with open arms. You know, nothing was awkward or anything at all. You know, it's, yeah. it was just natural. It felt natural. So, yeah. first day I got here, went through physicals and stuff. And we just took it from there. It was a it was a real great experience, especially coming in and having a guy like Russ, you know what I'm saying, welcome us in, Brad, and mm-hmm. all the other guys on the team too. It was a, it was a real fun thing for sure. Cause I, I remember that day and I was, you know, I was yeah. hype. I was hype. I I've seen you uh, in college, a little bit in high school. Mm-hmm. And man, I was it was ecstatic. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember I, I texted Garland. I knew about you a little bit. I I knew you could, you know, jump and block shots. So I was like, and and Garland was like, oh, this guy's this guy's gonna be good. He's gonna yeah, be good. Like this man's. <laughs> no. And and so I was I was just excited. And I mean, you remember you got the fan support like from day one. You came in and you just got you know like five blocks in a row, and you just mm-hmm. caught a bunch of lobs from Russ. And I mean, it felt like you were part of the team from day one. Um, yeah, it was um, it was real good for me. I mean, it was it just yeah. clicked instantly, you know. Just came in and I was just ready to work. It was a lot of stuff that you know I was dealing with the stuff coming from Chicago and stuff. But I had to put my big boy britches on because I'm with a new team now, so everybody ain't gonna take everybody ain't yeah. gonna take the same old BS right. that yeah. we had in the last place. So I had to step it up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I got here, I locked in, and it was just a, it was just great from start to finish. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like building off of that at one game, um, you know, pretty early on where the fans uh, got let back in. My dad, he um, I'm a season ticket holder. And my dad, he just he yelled, put in Gafford like as loud as he could. <laughs> and, you know, I just wanted to know, like, like, what did it mean like to have just like the fans there, like chanting Gafford, Gafford, like that's what it started. And, you know, just to have kind of that love instantly from an entire arena of fans? Uh, I mean, I loved it. You know, the fans always bring a different type of energy and a different type of vibe to the mm-hmm. arenas. Just to have them back in the arena and stuff, it was great. And then just hearing, like, people calling my name and certain things like yeah. that. I mean, it's, it's just a bundle of joy that goes, you know, that's just inside of you. It always comes out because, you know, you got the fans that always have your back. You know, no matter what, you know, the season looks like, no matter how you play or anything like that, people always have your back. You can be you can literally be like one of the worst players on the team. You still have people that are there behind you every step of the way of your career and just, you know, giving you all the love and support that you need to be able to withstand, you know, the stint that you're going through negatively until you get back to a positive mindset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that's very well said. So, I mean, mm-hmm. do you think you had a uh, – there was a big change in home court advantage from before and after they allowed fans in? 
Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we were doing great things when the fans weren't there, you know, because mm-hmm. when it comes to the fans not being there, you got to bring your own energy to the jail. And that's yeah. what the team did from the guys that started to the guys that were coming off the bench and to the guys that, you know, that were always just sitting at the end of the bench way for their name to be called. It's just, you know, just breaking our own energy and just really just having fun with the game and loving the energy and loving the vibe and just sticking to the process because, you know, at the end of the day, it's always like at the end of the tunnel. And yeah. when the fans came back, mm-hmm. you know, it just doubled because, you know, mm-hmm. we had all the energy that we wanted coming in right. from the team. Then we got the fans coming in and they're bringing up the energy, too. So it's just stacked on top of each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that must have been a fun day. Yeah. Like, like the first day with the fans. Um, yeah, it, was, it was real fun. I loved it a lot just to have them back in it because it didn't really feel like, you know, it didn't feel natural. Um, mm. it like the natural feeling that we had, it just felt like, you know, okay, we're going in, we're playing with our fans. That was the natural feeling. When the fans came back, it was just a whole different story. You know, it just felt like something new and it felt like that this was the first time ever that we played with fans because of COVID and stuff. But it was, mm. it was just, it was just a lot of energy in the building. I loved it a lot. And, you know, I, I would do it all over again if I could just to have that same experience. Moving uh, a little bit forward in time from that moment, um, mm-hmm. you know, playing tournament was implemented this year. Um, y'all played Boston game one or in mm-hmm. the tournament, um, lost that one. What was the mindset like going to game two, knowing that this is it, you know, we're getting in or we're going home? It was win or go home at that point. You know, when we lost to Boston, it was a um, mindset. Like Russ had said in the locker room, I think this was when we were in Atlanta, actually. He didn't say it after the Boston game. You know, he didn't make plans to, you know, go on vacation or anything in the postseason because mm-hmm. he wanted to play. And that's the mindset we had to come out with because, you know, we lost in Boston. And it's like, yeah, all the energy was down and everything like that. We had one more chance. We took that opportunity. We didn't take it for granted. We came out and we did what we had to do to be able to withstand it and get to the position that we wanted to be, you know. Um, we couldn't just hang our heads on the fact that we lost to Boston or anything like that. Um, other than that, you know, we just came out the next game, put the path behind us, and focused on what was in front of us, and that was Indiana. And we came out and we played the game, and we won that one. We were in the playoff. So it was a, it's a real great yeah. experience. It was a lot yeah. of, you know, it was a lot of lessons learned in that Boston game for sure, you know. Right especially for me, because, you know, this is somewhat like the play-in tournament. It was like the first, I would say, stage of playoff basketball. And just realizing that coming into the Indiana game, you know, they had um, – I forget his name every time. <laughs> what is the uh, big name? Sabonis. Sabonis, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I know Sabonis is going to come out. He's going to play physical. He's going to come out, right. and he's going to have all the energy in the world. Basically, everybody on their team had all the energy in the world, and we had to come out and match that. So we came out, and we played the game that we wanted to and got the outcome that we wanted. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, so you think having, like, veteran leadership like Russ and guys like that really helped after, you know, a game like the Boston game? Um, yeah, for sure. Back up. Because – because just having guys like Brad or Russ or mm-hmm. just any type of vet guy in general, mm-hmm. vet guys want to win because they've been through, you know, the trials and tribulations when it comes to the game. So just being in that, just being in that position, you know, they don't hang their heads when it comes to losses. You know, they might talk shit about it. Yeah, we lost. Yeah, that it is. Mm-hmm. Should have did this, should have did that. But at the end of the day, they come out and they play better next game and they lead their team to victory. And that's what, that's what you know, the uh, vets did. Especially um, Russ and Brad, you know, they came out. They didn't want to go home. And one thing for sure, I didn't want to go home either. So we yeah. just came out and we played ball. Nobody on the team wanted to go home. Everybody had the mindset that we were going to the playoffs and we made that happen because it was a lot of people. It was a lot of people counting the widgets out before I got there. And oh, yeah. um, when I got there for sure, um, I had seen the stat. It was like a 0.06% chance of us mm-hmm. getting yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, that, the was, playoffs. that was so, nuts. Yeah. So we opened a lot of eyes. You know, we, you know, close, we shut up a lot of, you know, um, I would say hate that happened. You know, we got Mr. Triple Double that was helping us out. Mm-hmm. We got Bradley Bill, Mr. Yeah. Cone Drill, um, you know, just mm-hmm. simple things. You know, we just came out and we played basketball. I mean, especially with, a, you know, a city, D.C. capital, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not really that big of a market. Right. Um, so I guess like I wouldn't say a small city, but a small city compared to, you know, L.A., New York just the market 
really right. showed up and showed them what y'all were about. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like we came out and just had fun with it, really. You know, oh, yeah. coming down the line, yeah. there's a lot of lessons that'll be learned when it comes to just um, say basketball in general. Just being in that position and just being in that mindset of like, you know, we may lose one, but who who knows what's going to happen the next game? Can't really just dwell on that. It was a it was a lot of talk in um, Chicago when I was there. When Billy Donovan came in, he was like, just seeing Chicago in general. You know, everybody was saying that they had like a loser mind. We had like a loser mindset and stuff. So you know, mm-hmm. the tables turned for that for Chicago when I was there. The tables turned for that team. I wish the best luck to them. Um, but just really just taking that, taking from what um Billy Donovan has said, that loser mindset that can really carry over to a lot of games for sure. So oh, yeah. we just come out mm-hmm. night in, night out with the mindset of yeah, we're gonna go take this win and we're gonna worry about that. We're gonna worry about the game the same in front of us and take it one step at a time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about West Uncell Jr. Are you excited? Have you met him yet? We got a chance to meet him face to face here. Mm-hmm. We've had conversations over the phone. He introduced himself to me and stuff. Um, I'm trying to just let him, you know, just get settled in and whatnot because I'm pretty sure it's been a bit of a world whirlwind yeah. for him for sure. Just yeah. you know, getting into the coaching job, doing all the pictures, all the media, certain things like that. So whenever the chance mm-hmm. is for him to meet him, for sure, I'm going to meet him. But right now, you know, it's just um over text special spaces. Uh nothing really too serious, I would say. See, yeah. he, from what I've seen, he seems like he's a real down-to-earth guy. I can't wait to be, you know, in the atmosphere with him. He says he's really excited, and I'm really excited as well. I know the the yeah. narrative of him returning to D.C., especially after Great the passing of his father, you know, it's coming back yeah. and showing, trying to do yeah. something for the city. Gotta love it. Yeah, man. it reminds me of, like, the Dragon Ball Z thing. You know, Bardock, he got, you know um, – he was trying to protect uh his little little planet from Frieza whenever he destroyed it. And you know, Goku was in like the you know capsule recovering and stuff, mm-hmm. and now he's yeah. out. So we're gonna see oh, what yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah. 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 I went to his uh press conference. I got this, I got that ball. He signed that ball. Um oh, that's dope. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. So he he sounds pretty good. Um he sounded really well, really good at the press conference. Yeah, so yeah, are there any like uh, changes you expected to make right away that you, you know? Um, um right now, I would say right now, just you know, expect the unexpected. Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, Russ is gone now, so we got a lot of guys. We got a lot of new guys coming in, so it's gonna be a lot of new faces and stuff in Washington, Jersey. So we just have to take it one step at a time. One thing about me, I'm not gonna try to rush into anything. I'm just gonna take it one step at a mm-hmm. time. Come in and get my work in, you know, and just pretty much work to get as much chemistry as I can built up with the team and just take, like I said, to take it one day at a time to where we can build a foundation to where we can make a push for the playoffs again, for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, leading off that, you know, we don't have to go into the the details of the trade, but we got six new guys yesterday, Montrez, Harold, Kuzma, KCP, Kispert, Aaron holiday, Isaiah Todd. I mean, it was a, it was a busy day. Do you have any connection to any of those guys or, uh, do any of them stand out to you for one reason or another? Um, pretty much just like all the guys coming from the Lakers, you know, just a bunch of dogs. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're gonna have a lot of grit on the team for sure. And I mean, I just can't wait for it. You know, Montrezl yeah. Hero, me and him have had uh, a <laughs> history yeah. of talking shit to each other. Yeah. Well, he talks shit. Mo, he talked most of the shit. You know, I just gotta, <laughs> I just kind of chill. But I just can't yeah. wait to you know be around a guy like him because I feel yeah. like him, Caldwell Pope, Kuzma. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Holiday, I know him his bro- and both of his brothers and stuff. We were under the same agent at one point in time. I know yeah. him uh, pretty pretty well, um, somewhat. Um, but other than that, we just got a bunch of dogs just coming in. I know they're ready to work. I know they're hungry, mm-hmm. you know. So, like I said, we're going to put all this stuff together. We're going to put this puzzle together try to make this playoff push for sure. Yeah, yeah. they're tough Mont- guys. Montrez, I, I think recently it broke a backboard. I don't know. If yeah, he did. I saw that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's, I didn't uh, see that. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was real crazy when I see that video. Um, sticking with a little bit of the draft, um, you know, coming from the University of Arkansas, uh, being in the past kind of a somewhat small school uh, in the sports world, um, now has become you know one of the standouts in recent years. 
people have been getting a little bit of sneak peeks with greatness of what's bound to come from, you know, your, your one meal dunk against Florida and the SEC tournament. That was, that yeah. was hype. Gotta <laughs> love that. Um, this past year, elite eight appearance led by Moses Moody. And then, mm-hmm. you know, that was in the college program. And now we're seeing y'all in the, the NBA, of course, the professional uh, scene of, uh, mm-hmm. And of course, you and your uh, fan and organization favorite. And we got Bobby Portis, who just won a ring with the Bucks. Gotta love him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Isaiah Joe on the Sixers. Um, he's a fan favorite, Arkansas favorite. And then mm-hmm. last night, Moses Moody, drafted by the Warriors in the 14th pick. And uh, you know, being from a state who, being from a state that doesn't have a professional basketball team or really any professional team. Was it like, you know, not only shining light on the college program, but also shining light on the state as a whole through what y'all do? Uh, it's great because, you know, we got the whole state behind us. You know, mm-hmm. we came up, I came up from, I grew up down south, El Dorado, Arkansas. It's like somewhat of a known city. Um, mm-hmm. It's a small town and stuff. Just coming up um, from that and just seeing where Bobby Porter's come from. I looked up to him when I was in high school being on the same team as Isaiah Joe um, and, you know, being like well aware of Moses Moody because, I mean, he played he played around when it came to – I forgot where he played the first time when he was on. I think he played in North Little Rock, I believe. Can't yeah, something, something uh, like that, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we got a lot of guys that are in the cities, you know, that either came from nothing or are just mm-hmm. dogs in general. You know, you got a guy give a talent and they grind and they work to what to they work to get to the position they want to be in. And that work shows and people take notice when you work and have a great work ethic and you put your talent to good use and you're mm-hmm. coachable and you're professional, so on and so forth. So just really just the whole state, like the whole state of Arkansas is always behind us. We got a lot of love in the oh, yeah. city. You know what I'm saying? You know, if we playing bad, they're gonna let us know if we playing bad for sure. Because I don't have my first <laughs> share of that. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, um, stay connected with any of the Arkansas players that are you know coming in or veterans. I try to. Yeah, I try to. Um, I text Bobby every now and then, you know, just to get like you know words of wisdom from a guy that's been in the league for a minute, oh, especially mm-hmm. of a guy that I looked up to. I talk to Isaiah every now and then, you know. Um, sooner or later, I'm gonna try to get back to the game with him because he plays the game all the time, just like you. I haven't yeah. got a chance to reach out to Moses yet, um, but I'm pretty sure I will, especially whenever we go to Golden State. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Can't yeah. wait for it. Because it's just, it's, just, it's just great to see, you know, a lot of familiar faces mm-hmm. in the league, for sure, that yeah. you've been around, especially from your hometown, like home state. It's, oh, yeah. It's amazing. I love it a lot. Um, but, yeah, I try to keep – I try to. But, you know, I'm a bit of a quiet guy. I don't really communicate that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stay to myself most of the time just so I can keep myself out of trouble. But um, other than that, yeah, yeah, I try to every now and then. We – uh, I mean, personally, you know, what like what are you doing in the offseason? I saw that you dropped some some apparel of uh, Be a Dog. You've, you've said dog, you know, dog mentality. Like, what's all mm-hmm. that about? Yeah, so, like, my Be a Dog merch was, like, but, yeah, the Be a Dog merch, I just dropped that. And um, sooner or later, I'm probably drop some more because I want to do, like, my initials on a couple of things. And I'm going to make mm-hmm. a lot of other stuff, like my court, like my um, thing that I put in my um, – I can't even talk now. Thing that I put in my captions on Instagram and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, the yeah. Uh, can't stop, won't stop. I'm going to try mm-hmm. to put that on a T-shirt and a hoodie and all that. I'm going to try to, you know, bring a lot of stuff out to where it's, like, motivational. Because I want to motivate a lot of people, you know, just mm-hmm. be a dog thing. You know what I'm saying? Just be a dog, whatever you do, whether it's off the court or on the court. Just, you know, grind, be gritty, have a hard work ethic in whatever you do. Because at the end of the day, that's all you can do. Because... Mm-hmm. You know, people see that and people take notice and that will get you exposure for sure. Mm, yeah. When it comes to a work ethic, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't work with that talent, that talent ain't going to work for you for sure. Because exactly. it's a, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a lot of guys that I know that I've seen um, that always have told me, don't ever like stop working. Don't ever stop, you know, putting your all into it because, um, it'll be like the worst mistake you can ever make because mm-hmm. sooner or later the ball is going to stop bouncing. The ball is going to deflate. And you're going to have to make mm-hmm. decisions off the court soon. So at the end of the day, you know, I just put as much as I just put as much work as I possibly can into the basketball scene. 
for sure, because sooner or later the ball is going to stop bouncing for me. So I want to have as much notice on me as possible to where when I'm off the court, I can be able to take care of my kids and my kids, kids, my mom, my dad, all that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I love that mentality. I think it's awesome. Um, So, you know, going off of that, what's the one thing that you're working to improve on the most this off season? Man, for sure is shooting the ball more. And just, oh, wow. um, I'm pretty sure just like um, everybody that sees me on the court, I'm always just 100 miles yeah. per hour. Mm-hmm. I'm working a lot on just really just taking my time, working on my footwork and just being able to work out of the post. You I mean, know, yeah, if I ever, yeah, just if I ever come into the position where I'm back to the basket and I have to face the guy up, take him to the rack, shoot over him, anything like that, I'm really working on like a lot of stuff. So I'm working on pretty much just like my craft in general to where I can be more of a threat on offensive end and take, you know, some of the attention off guys to where, you know, they don't get trapped all the time or mm-hmm. just pretty much, you know, sometimes they might have to trap me, you know? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. You I know, mean, be, yeah. your position is, I mean, might not be as shined upon as, you know, point guards and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, but, mm-hmm. you know, the centers, big men do all the dirty work in the post, get rebounds, oh, catch logs. Most important. Do, do all that. It, it's, uh, like, what is it like going up against, you know, I mean, for centers, at least, like, uh, you know, Joel Embiid, Jokic, you know, like, what is it? What is it like? What is your what are you thinking in that moment? I haven't fully got a I haven't got a full experience of guarding Jokic yet. I've seen him just in person in general, just, you know, putting on the pants, putting on the pants, you know, with him being the high caliber player that he is. But like Joel Embiid, Stephen Adams, Ennis Cantor, who else? Uh, Miritich. It's guys like them, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's more of some of them aren't like really, I would say, face up guys, more of them like back to back, back to the back. You guys, yes, going against those guys, I can learn a lot. Like Joel and B, you know, the guy, guy his size, he's like a footer, seven footer, and like I don't know how much he weighs, I don't want to say like a weight and it'd be wrong in the head. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, he's calling me fat and all that. And I ain't gonna do that. <laughs> so uh, just like a guy his size and being able to move like he does, being able to hang the ball and stuff like that, I learned a lot from those guys. Like mm-hmm. Jokic, you know, he's a, he's somewhat of a playmaking big. You know, he can shoot the three. He can catch it in the post. He can make plays out mm-hmm. the post. He can pass. And he'll take, it, he'll, take it up and down, he'll take it up and down the court if he has to. Simple as that. Um, like Rudy Gobert going against him, a defensive mindset first and an offensive mindset second. That's just a real big thing to me because I learned – as I go, like I told Joel in the playoffs, I was like, I'm gonna steal a couple of your moves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like some, certain things like that. That's what I try to do to like implement in my game to where I can excel a little bit further to where I can make all-star status or just superstar status or really just a general just six-man yeah. status. You know, just come out, be able to play the basketball that I want and still have that defensive mindset that I need to be able to withstand, you know, a long career in the NBA because I want, I want a long career in the NBA for sure. You know, and it's just on me with the work ethic that I have to be able to withstand that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, last thing, I mean, I would say the last thing about, you know, we're, we're both a big fan of the center position. We love it. We love all the dirty work and mm-hmm. whatnot. But, uh, you know, with, there was a, a lot of centers or just a lot of big men on the, the team last year. You know, Brooke Lopez. I mean, Thomas Bryant, he got injured. Um, Alex Len, Alex Len, like and there's just a bunch of rotations. You Center know? by committee. Yeah, yes. it, was, it was crazy. You <laughs> yeah. know, like uh, what was what was going on there? You know, it's, it's Scott Brooks put in you for defense. I know one game you had like five blocks at halftime, something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Is just you know, guy. He, I, I don't know if it was like on purpose or anything, I would say he was putting guys in just to, like, set the tone in, like, certain Mm -hmm. situations. You know, Alex Mm -hmm. always started because he set the tone with the physicality. I came in, set the tone with the defensive physicality for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, Alex was scoring. I came in, I did my thing. And Robin Lopez, you know, he came in, he got on the post, and he's Captain Hook, you know? Yeah, yeah, the hook, man. Yeah, you know, it's it's like simple as that. So I really don't know. I really didn't know what the rotation, like, was going to be day in, day out. I just came in ready to play. You know, I was either mm-hmm. the second guy coming off the bench or I was the third guy coming off the bench. It didn't matter which one I was coming off of. I just wanted to go in and play ball, playing it simple. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, we had a one, two, three punch. So, and most of the games that we played, because Alex came in, set the tone. I came in, dunking, screaming, and you got Captain Hook yeah. coming in and just finishing over top yeah. of it because it's unblockable, you know? 
It's just oh, yeah. it's, only, oh, man. it's only a small amount of people that have blocked that shot in the league. Mm-hmm. I, I'm it, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of be cocky. I I'm one of them. <laughs> hey, <laughs> when, but uh, if but, if you uh, ever have to go the, up against him. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah. You know how to block yeah. it. I'm a Tommy right? and I'm gonna get. I'm gonna tell him to. I'm gonna be like, Robin, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. Hook, man. I'm gonna get yeah. it for sure. But yeah. yeah, just in general, man. Uh, yeah, it was like a one-two-three punch. You know, we were the bigs that we had to go set a tone, and that's what we did. Uh, yeah, I mean, it it was effective. You know, three guys is not your usual thing, but everyone had right. a different role. So, right, I, th- I think it was very effective. Um, you know. One guy plays 30 minutes this night for for one reason. Like, I remember there was one game against Golden State. They just couldn't block the hook. Um, there were a few yeah. games like that. And yeah. if, if it's working, keep yeah, it, it was It was games where uh, A-Lynn, he was going crazy. It was games oh, where yeah? I was going nuts with, like, blocking had... shots. Oh, yeah. It was games where Robin, he just went nuts with the hook. He was, like, 100% almost every time. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, like, so I have I'm, never seen anybody make that many hook shots ever. Like that, he, that's um, all he works on. Like he, he, like that's all he works on because that's that's what he's good at. And so mm-hmm. he makes sure that's like it's perfected and nobody's gonna block it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's like a, a mini Kareem out there. Just right. Yeah, yeah. He just, he's just not like jumping as high. I would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, uh, taking it back a little to the trade, I had one question. So, you know, Wizards GM Tommy Shepard, he's kind of known to, like, vigorously scout players intensely for a very long period of time. So I was just wondering, you know, he made this trade for you and Chandler, and it's worked out so great. Did he ever scout you personally when you were coming into the league? That I don't know. Um, I never really, I never really noticed. Uh, he probably was, okay. he probably wasn't. Never really noticed. I know just most of the guys that were on the staff. I met them at, uh, I met them at a camp. It was the LA. It was a LA camp. It was a skills camp in LA. I went there in my high school. I think I went there my like my senior year of high school, and I went there going into my second year of college. And I met like two of the guys that were on the staff and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also that's when I had also had met Bradley Bill too. So I had met him. You know, I said I played on the team with him. I think the last day we were there. Um, oh, that's cool. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if he really scouted me or anything like that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I'm here now, and you know, me and Tommy, we have a real good relationship. We talk all the time. Every time he sees me, you know, he just, he tells me I'm a good free throw shooter. So that helps me with my free throw percentages yeah. for sure. You that's know, good. if you got the G, if you got the GM telling you you're good at shooting free throws, I mean, you need to make your damn free throw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, free throw shooting around the league right now, it's either no, you're hot or you're not. It's nothing in between. So I, <laughs> right. I, I understand that, yeah. Yeah, Ben Simmons. Hack of um, Ben, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Wizards make good use of that. Oh, yeah, for the sure. Hack of Ben. <laughs> yeah, we tried to at least. Especially yeah. like the last game. Yeah. Game we won. Yeah, we just put his ass on the line. They were just like, get ready to rebound. That's all you had to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean – Another random question. So who do you model like your offensive and defensive game after? And like, is there a, is there a player that you're trying to kind of model uh, your future game off of what you're, what you're trying to get better at? Um, at first it was, I tried to model myself after like Rudy Gobert, just Mm -hmm. being like a defensive mindset. I definitely see that. Um, other than that, really just coming into the league. I just wanted to be my own player. Yeah. Um, sooner or later, I was going like sooner or later, I was going to get into the mindset of just working on my craft and just building my building myself up from the ground up, you know, because I really didn't have somewhat of I really didn't have that much of a skill set. I didn't have that kind of the confidence or anything like that. But I mean, now, like, I just want to, you know, I want to be in a position to where guys are trying to model themselves off me, you know, right? Just, right. you know, have that motivation, have that confidence, have that skill set to where like. Damn, you know, we really can't compare this guy to anybody, you mm-hmm. know. But sooner or later, guys are gonna be like, oh, you compare him to him, you compare him to this guy, certain things like that. But in in my opinion, you know, I just want to be, I just want to be my own player, you know, do it a different way, and just take a different path on how I see like my skill set and myself in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I think you're there because Rudy Gobert isn't running up and down the floor faster than everybody, you know? <laughs> so. We uh, so 
like going back to the draft and then going going way back two years ago, it's actually kind of crazy. You got drafted, nineteen twenty draft class. Uh, did you, you know, when you got when Adam Silver called your name, Daniel Gafford, uh, to Chicago Bulls at the at the time, mm-hmm. you know, like what? What was like the emotions like? Did you, uh, I mean, of course, you know, happy, nervous, um, and then did everything move so fast? It it seemed it was only two years ago, but it you know everything can move so fast. Yeah. Um. When I got you said when I got drafted, right? Yeah. Yeah, I must say it was it was just a bundle of joy because mm-hmm. I had a dream that sooner or later it was going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. no matter how long it took, and when it finally happened, I mean just all the emotions that I had built up and all the pain and just really just all like, you know, the impatience that I had, it just all let out when my name was finally called because, mm-hmm. you know, I had finally got put in a position to where I can actually be a change for like the people around me that have cared mm-hmm. about me all of my life. So just that it was just a real big, it was just a real big day for me. Um, it really didn't, it really didn't set in until I got to Chicago though. You know, mm-hmm. then when I got to Chicago, it was just like, shit, you know, I'm in the league yeah. now. Wow. You know, like, damn, I, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do yeah. it. You know, I ain't got to go to school no more. I ain't got to worry about school. Yeah. Work, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like yeah. okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm lit, but it's time to get back to you like work for sure now mm-hmm. because I want to stay here. I don't want to be here for like two or three years oh, yeah. and then boom, I'm out of the league. Nah, I'm trying to be mm-hmm. for a while. Enjoy the night and get back to work the the day right. the next day. Next right, morning. that was the mindset. That was the mindset for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you have any any message for the for Corey Kispert, um, Isaiah Todd, just getting drafted for the Wizards? You know, going um, up there. Hey, man, just come ready to work. That's all I got to say. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, I say you're not gonna you're not gonna hear really too much out of me. I am a quiet mm-hmm. person. You know, when I'm around people, I laugh here and there. I'll tell a couple of jokes here and there. I'll tell a life story here and there, too. But other than that, I just come to work, plain and simple. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, let's let's get to it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we really appreciate it, you know, taking yeah, your time man. out of your day. and I yeah, for sure here. finally got on it, man. I've been I've – been, uh, blow y'all off this whole damn week. <laughs> Sorry about <laughs> it. It's, it's hey, totally man, don't worry about it. You're a busy guy, busy yeah, guy. Yeah, you're you're a busy guy. But, we're not busy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're not busy. Yeah, so. um, yeah, just appreciate you guys for having me on. You know, I really liked it. You know, we laughed a lot, told a couple of stories. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, you know, we we wanted this to be you know more of a conversation than your typical like you know annoying media guy. What do you think of this? What do you think of this? Right, so, right. I so I, I, yeah. I think we had a good time. Right. I mean, we we spent probably honestly weeks just trying to think of questions and you no know, <laughs> yeah, we were so excited we read your well, whole life story questions. at least i, I did so yeah you know those are good questions that. man yeah we appreciate it again yeah yes, sir thanks so much all right. man all right y'all have a good one carlin i think that was a great interview we had uh we had a lot of fun with it it was very conversational which is what we were going for we didn't want to be those annoying media people that just hammer uh tough questions at guys um Oh, I, I so, enjoyed it, man. Yeah, I, know, I had a great time. I mean, thanks former, so much, Daniel. If you're if you're listening, we we really former had Arkansas a great time. Razorback. Gotta love it, man. Um, it's it's honestly an honor, dude. Like, it's crazy. I the way we got in touch with Daniel Gafford was so. You know, I follow him on Instagram. He was playing Twitch one night. He's playing Call of Duty. Went onto his Twitch. I saw they had a Discord. Went onto his Discord, wrote a message, you know, say what we're all about, saying if he's interested in an interview. Go back to the Twitch and say, check your Discord. He said, all right, bet. Went to, to the Discord and we made it happen. It, it, it was it was really special, something special, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was it was just great. Like, Gafford is one of my favorite players. He, he's been that since the trade deadline. So being able to ask him some questions and just have a, you know, conversation was just was just really fun and um you know i think he said a lot of things that make you excited for next year you know the you know the toughness um and the um the work ethic that he has and brings to the team i think is going to be really contagious for all the young guys that we just picked up um 
I mean, y'all, y'all just heard it, but like secretly, like, you know, he said he was a very quiet guy. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's very humble, but I, he has, you know, he had very high expectations for the rookies and for his team, which, you know, is very respect, respectable. And it's, I can't wait to see what's in store, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it's great. It's, it's just so exciting to, um, to have a guy like that is young enough to uh, relate to the, to the draft picks, but, you know, mature enough clearly to, you know, carry himself in a way that's going to really elevate the team in the locker room. And he talked about the winning culture. Like even when we were losing, there was a winning culture, which I, which I thought was just really great. And I hope even with uh, Westbrook gone, that that continues. And I think that it will. Um, the, the veteran presence was, yeah. was huge for him. Um, I mean, going into Westbrook, I feel like that's a perfect yeah. segue. Into, yeah. I think that's a great segue into the Westbrook trade. I mean, what happened, man? Like there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about. You know, I'm very sad that Westbrook's leaving. Um, I'm very, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to miss him. And I, you know, I think going off of what Gafford said, he's, gonna, he's also going to miss him. Um, but, you know, I've, I've read a lot. People are saying you, you just really weren't going to win with him with that contract. You weren't going to sign another guy. Mm-hmm. It's, you could run it back, but that probably wouldn't be the responsible yeah. thing to do. I'm, I'm um, glad he's in L.A., you know. He's, he was, yeah. He's, oh, he's yeah. LeBron I, I hope he does well. You I know, hope he, he wins a ring. He deserves it, man. He, he won, I mean, he was happy to do it. It's, it this was not like a... He didn't request out or anything. Right. He didn't request out. Um, he didn't request out and the wizards didn't trade him on bad faith. So it was not, it was a peaceful leaving, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, it's very sad for me as a wizards fan. That's really gotten to love the guy, but. Oh yeah. Mr. Uh, triple double. Look, Gafford talked about Montrez Harrell as coming in and just bring in some real toughness. He was like, he said that, he was excited to play with him because Harold has talked a lot of trash to Gafford before. And I love that mentality. I think that's awesome. He was like, um, he talks, he talks a bunch of trash. I don't really talk trash, but I'm just, I'm yeah. just there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gaff- I mean, I, I definitely, you know, he's a, he said, like he said, he's a quiet guy, but I like that. He, I like that. He likes that Harold talks trash and we're going to, you know, get a guy like that on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, Sticking with that, you know, how do you feel about Kyle Kuzma, man? Look, Kyle 13, Kuzma, thirteen million dollars a year, three years. Look, that's not the contract that he would get right now, but mm-hmm. and and it could be one that that bites you down the line. But you know, he's a young guy, and he had a lot of pressure in LA, and that's not an easy thing to deal with as a young player. Like he's yeah. his name has been in trades for literally the last ever since LeBron got to LA. His Le name GM, is just man. is yeah, the GM ever since he got there. It Kyle Kyle Kuzma when he's once he going out. Kyle Kuzma. I, I mean, I, I remember when he got drafted. I, re- yeah, I really I, do. You remember when he got drafted? Everyone was excited. Oh, this guy Kyle Kuzma, he looks pretty good, you know. I mean um, when he was drafted, you know, there was the Lonzo Tatum, Donovan Mitchell hype, and all of a sudden Kyle Kuzma is the best yeah. rookie on the Lakers. Lonzo Ball didn't, you know, fan out yeah, to so, fan out to expectations. He's still good. He's a free agent this year, so Hopefully, go somewhere where he can show his talent. But at that moment in time, mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma was the man. He was the only young star that wasn't implemented into the right. Anthony Davis trade. And I guess I'm not going to say the pressure got to him, but I feel no no offense to the to the Laker fan base, but you know I feel like just in the NBA in general, a lot of teams hate on players that don't really deserve that much hate. Like Kyle Kuzma, people are saying he's buns. He's he's solid. He's a He's a solid player. Anybody in the NBA is solid, really. Like Danny Green, you know how much he, how much hate he got when I he know. missed that shot. When he missed, and he went um, to Philly and he played great. Yeah, I mean, as a Wizards fan, Philly, I know Ben Ben Simmons. People are saying he's buns. Like, I think he's still he's still an All Star caliber player. Like, you can't forget about that. Yeah, it's just if it's just you the, know. it's just the shooting, man. Like that's literally it. But uh, man, it's yeah. It's, it's the like I think Daniel Gafford uh, picked up on this. It's like even if you're the third last or third worst player on the the bench or something like that, you know you're still you're still impacting the game in some way. It's mm. 
like you know the the last the, the last player on the bench in the NBA is probably the best player that you'll ever play if you get the chance to you know right um everybody impacts the game differently yeah so i mean kuzma he's gonna be playing in dc where he doesn't have a whole lot of expectations um and i mean he he just read that tweet um yeah it's like talking trash and kyle kuzma said laugh now cry later i love that mentality coming into dc he needs to show up like he needs to show right. up and do something. I think sh- this will be his uh his time. Yeah, a change of scenery can mean everything for a for a player. Mm-hmm. You know, like look at Karis Levert for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was good, and he went to Indiana, and he became you know really good, great, and he he led them. In- How about uh mantras? Do you guys keep them, trade them, expiring contracts? Nine point know- five million dollars that can. Or 9.3 that can be used somewhere else. You know, 9.3 for Montrez, I think, is a good deal. So I think if we, you know, if we get offered, if we don't want to extend him after this year and we get offered something good for him, then take it. But, um, you know, I, I think having him, like Gafford said, on the team is is a good, is a good guy to have because he's just a tough guy. He's, mm-hmm. you know, having a guy like that, especially with the young guys around. Um, Going, talking trash, real physical guy. I, I, I mean, you know, trade him if you if you need to, but keep him if you can. I think. If last thing about the the Wizards, and then we'll move on to the other side of the the trade mm-hmm. with the Russ in LA. But I think, I mean, I know we're not really that big of fans, but Davis Bertans. I feel like if you need to trade someone, trade him. I mean, what is it? Quentin Mayo, you know him? He's a. Yeah. He tweets about the Wizards because he's mm-hmm. part of the organization. I think he tweeted out some, some time that like Davis Breton trades were being looked into and stuff like that. I think look, Davis out of DC can't play defense. No, still a great player. It's, it, but it's tough to trade Davis because of his contract. And the reason 16, we gave him that. No. Well, the reason we gave him that contract was because it falls outside of the salary cap because of mm-hmm. bird, because of the weird rule. So I think the team we trade him to has to pay that inside the salary cap. So, and look, Davis, you know, Davis had a cold season, but. um, Extremely cold. <laughs> yeah, extremely <laughs> cold. But, you know. You got to, I've been remembering lately what he did to earn that contract. Shot the lights out. Yeah. And he, he was really good. You know, if, if we can't get anything for him and we want to run it back and then he with him and, and if he can be like he, like he did before, Ooh, Kispert in the starters, Davis on the bench. That's that shooting nice ability. Team. I mean, and y'all needed that. Yeah, Kispert. I, I mean, I, you know, talking Speaking about that at the time, but I like Kispert. Shooting ability on the other side of the, the trade. LeBron mm-hmm. James might be the best <laughs> three point shooter on the Lakers, but I don't look, think that, I don't think that matters, dude. It's LeBron, look, AD, Russell Westbrook. You're going to get, stuff I'm with done. you. I'm with you. Every, every time a super team, I do this myself, but every time a super team gets created, everyone is like, oh, they can't work together. They can't work together. They won't be able to work together. They can't do that. They don't. They they play I mean, differently. You were, but they're superstars. The trade though. Yeah, I was, and I'm learning. Yeah, proven proven people wrong. Dude, man. Superstars learn. Superstars adapt. Superstars are superstars, not purely because of their skills. It's because mm-hmm. of their adaptability and their versatility in most cases. So. Westbrook might look like I need the ball in my hands 95% of the time, but he's never been in a situation where he hasn't had the ball in his hands. So it's not like all of his skill magically goes away when I, he's, uh, when he's off. I mean, Harden, Harden held I mean, the ball a lot, but I understand what you're saying. I think it's going to work. I think Russ is a really big uh, season guy, regular season guy. I think they'll get the job done the regular season. I wouldn't be surprised if, Actually, I would kind of be surprised if they were lower than two, the two seed. I would be, but I mean, 
I don't know how many games these guys are going to play, so I'm not going to make a seed you got prediction LeBron but... for the playoffs. So I think I think we'll work out. I'm trying to see a Nets uh, Lakers finals if the 76ers don't win at all. Um, it's going to be entertaining. This gotta love the off season, man. Yeah, it's gotta been a pretty crazy it. off season, and I mean, you know, we'll see. We talked about this last time. What's going to happen with Chris Paul? Like, obviously, Chris Paul's not going to go to the. There, there was Lakers a rumor now. that came out. There was a so, rumor. That, like, that's what we predicted last That said podcast. that he'll stay. There was a so, rumor. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe now he's like, uh, damn, I can't go to the Lakers. Let me stay in Phoenix, so. I think Legium was also talking to um, DeRozan. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, he would have to take a massive pay cut to do that, but. Yeah. No, I mean, before, before the Russ. For the rest right, of he right, but if he he, I mean, if he wanted to still do that, he'd have to take Matt Baker. No, but like this, this but, trade was big just because, like, you know, the Kyle Lowry situation. People were yeah. thinking he might go to LA, but now some, now some report rough. came out today. It was Kyle Lowry. It was like he Mavs some other team that didn't involve Philly. Philly mm-hmm. wasn't in those top three teams, but um. I mean, it's crazy. We so, there's there's some there's gonna be some big trade that's gonna come up. That's I feel might be bigger than Russ. So this is my question to you then. Okay. The draft as a Philadelphia seventy six fan, the mm-hmm. draft has already happened. Usually, yeah. the trades happen before the draft. Yeah. What is your prediction? Is Ben Simmons on the Philadelphia seventy sixers to start next year? Dude, it's. As a Sixers fan, I love Daryl Morey. He's probably the most aggressive GM when he's trying to move pieces. Like, do you see that Warriors trade? Which one? The it was like Wiseman Wiggins four first round yes, picks for Simmons. Yes, I've seen that. That's super aggressive, but um, it, I mean, I I personally think my 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 head wants to say is looking at all these situations. I want Ben Simmons out just for the just for the team's sake. I want to see some something different. We've seen Ben Simmons and Joel play together for their entire career. It's I want to see something different, but my gut tells me that he's gonna stay. And if he stays, he needs to prove himself, dude. If he doesn't prove himself, like look, I think that. I think I might have said this last time. I think that he should uh, stay or that they should keep him at this point because they obviously haven't been able to get anything for him. Um, so why does he have to be a point guard? You think in power forward position? Power forward center. Why does he have to be a point guard? I, I can see that. I mean, think about, like, obviously you got Joel Embiid, I, I, but, you know, even if he gets traded, why does he have to be a point guard? Think about a Ben Simmons at center. They did this against the Wizards. He's just, he's a strong guy. He's six foot 10, six eleven, um, And he can dribble the ball. Like, if he was branded as a center, people would be all over him. They're like, oh my God, this guy's a center. He's tall, he's big, he can he can do all these things, but he can also handle the ball and playmate. So why not? If the, this seems to be the where the NBA is going, why not slot him into the center position? Maybe he bulks up a little bit so he can guard those bigger guys. And then when you play a team like the Sixers, if you trade for Ben, if he's on a different team, you have a trade guy off the yeah, you have a bigger guy off the bench that you can go in, maybe give him some help on Joel. He slides over to power forward. I mean, why can't he be a big man? If he's if if they're gonna, you know, uh, if they're gonna attack him so much in terms of hack a Ben and in and you know, in terms of the shooting, why can't he just become a center? Because a lot of centers in the NBA are successful and they can't shoot or hit free throws. So there's a I mean, hopefully a a big trade happens. It's not even it's not even a free agency yet. Talks you can start talking to players the August second, and then sign yeah. players August sixth. 
but that the Westbrook trade, biggest trade yet. There's some smaller trades like um, right now, Josh Richardson just got traded to Boston. We don't know what Boston gave up. Boston's always um, in the trade and offseason free agency. They're they're in the middle of everything. They trade Kemba, got out Horford and Moses, um, Moses Brown. So they're always in there. There's some other small trades. Um, Mason Plumley draft pick for a draft pick to pick up salary cap. Um, nothing that big yet, though. They're, the Landry Shamit trade, I like that trade for both teams. Um, Brooklyn received a, what was it, a first round, second round? Probably first. And Carter for a backup point guard, which they needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Landry Shamit. He didn't really have that good of a year with the Nets. He was nice on the Clippers and the the Sixers. And, you know, now he's with the Suns, which is, in my opinion, a better team for a for a, a younger player to evolve in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's more to come. Yeah. Well, you wanna you wanna segue into the draft then, Carl? Yes. I mean the draft. I mean, I I have the draft pulled up here. Yeah, Kenny Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs. We're gonna talk about probably the first fifteen picks, um, and then notable noticeable players that got drafted a little bit later in the second round or late first. But first thing that came to mind yesterday, I was I was watching with some buds. I think the Raptors messed up on not drafting Jalen Suggs I think with the the the, the, probably the the departure from or Kyle Lowry's departure from Toronto I think they needed some someone to fill that in and then Fred Van Vliet can fill in that two spot and of course they need to re-sign Gary Trent Jr. but I don't know man Scotty Barnes you think I was thinking this Scotty Barnes plays the four Siakam plays the five that's Look, my only thing I can think of. And then there's Chris Boucher and OG, but. I'm, I mean, I don't doubt Scott, Scotty Barnes' talent, um, especially on the defensive end, but the guy can't shoot. So, yeah, uh, I think that when you get a guy, I, as a Wizards fan, I know. If you have too many guys on the floor that can't shoot. I also know that. the problem. As a Sixers fan, I know players that can't shoot. You, you at least have some shooters. It, you know, when a guy is especially a non-center, <laughs> when a when a guy, especially a non-center, um, you got too many of those guys on your team. Then, when you're when you're playing down ten, down seven, down twelve, you know you need some threes. That's how you get back in those games. So, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I mean. I'm not saying that Scotty Barnes can't be successful, but taking a guy that high that's going to play small oh, forward, yeah. power forward that can't shoot over a guy like Jalen Suggs, I mean, I'm I'm not – I just don't know. I would have liked Jalen Suggs better. Yeah. He was, he was the fifth pick. Speaking of the sixth pick, I think this, this pick right here changed the draft as a whole. Josh Giddy out of the Australian Basketball League if they didn't pick him, they would have picked – they missed out – think about this. They missed out on Jonathan Kuminga, mm-hmm. Davion Mitchell, players that were mocked into the fifth spot right there. And uh, I mean, I feel like if you draft a player like that so early um, where people had him going 10, 9, somewhere in that area, I think the Thunder – are setting setting themselves up for the, the bigger picture, you know? They have a bunch yeah. of young talent. They you know, in three three or four years they could be the best team in the league. That's we the don't know. Sam Presti uh idea. Mm-hmm. There's a million picks and then you're gonna hit on some guys. So but uh I think that messed it up because well not really messed it up but just changed the the draft like the Warriors got Jonathan Kuminga they don't necessarily need Jonathan Kuminga but they just chose the best player to maybe trade him or something you know right um Um, having guys like that around is never a bad thing like like you're 
you're going to run into a situation where you're like, okay, this guy Kaminga is actually giving us a lot of, a lot of uh, work. So like, it doesn't really matter what your team makeup is. When you take a guy like that, he's going to make his way into the lineup. Like that's, you know, going back to uh, Orlando, like, you know, Jalen Suggs is not the best fit with, uh, with all their guards, with Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, um, RJ Hampton. But when a guy like Jalen Suggs is available at five, you make it work. That's how, that's how the draft goes and they will make it work. So I know you're a, a fan of somehow every single year, a fan of Kings rookies. The, the Kings rookies are always good. I love Halliburton. You guys have heard me talk about that. And I think Davion Mitchell, they always take the, the damn point guards. Um, no, we, I mean, we talked about this a little bit off, uh, yeah. off the air, but like, I think I think I'll make it work. They don't want to trade De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox at the one, Halburn at the two, Davion Mitchell off the bench. I think I think they'll yeah. they'll make that work. Yeah, I think so. They you know they just traded Delon Wright. I think um, was that to Boston like half an hour ago? Or something? Boston. It was a yeah, like trade. half an hour ago. Something yeah, three way. I don't know if we know the details, but um, yeah, and then maybe they trade Buddy Heald, but I think Davion Mitchell is he's just a really nice guy to have because you put him in and he can defend. He, the um, only thing is, is that he was the oldest player in the draft. I like that because he can play Experience. right now. Yeah. I, these 19 year olds, I feel like if you take a 19 year old and he's not in the top five, the bust potential is just very high. Like not that a 19 year olds after, you know, the top are not good but mm. it's just a good amount of a bust, you know? Yeah. If you get a guy that's been in college three years, two, three, four years, mm-hmm. they've got experience. You know their game. They're developed physically. They're going to come in and play immediately and play at a high level. So I think when you're drafting in the 9 to 15 range where you're still looking to pick up a guy that's going to give you good, um, you know, good production this year, mm-hmm. uh, I, I actually like when they go with guys that have um, had multiple years in college. Oh, yeah. Um, going down a little bit to the 14th pick, I personally think this is the steal of the draft. Yep, this is all your territory, Arkansas. I, I'm a big Moses, Moses Moody fan. Um, I almost pulled a, a Kendrick. A Kendrick. Right there. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, um, but – I think going to the Warriors, great organization historically, progresses players to superstar level, star level. You see that in Curry, Thompson, mm-hmm. um, James Wiseman probably battles some injuries, but I think I think he'll I think he'll do well there with uh, Jonathan Kaminga. Um, I think the Warriors had the best draft, honestly. Yeah, they, they had a great draft. They had two picks in the first um, shows the best available player for that, that pick. Um, yeah. It's 14 pick Moses Moody is going to, he's going to be he's underrated. I, I'm guaranteeing right now. I'm gar- guaranteeing. He's going to be an all rookie team. Okay. All rookie okay. team. And that's behind right. Jonathan Kuminga too. Yeah, I mean that's behind him. It's crowded, but you um, never know. Now moving on to the 15th pick. Uh, this is your time to shine now. Oh yeah. Look, if you if you ever watched a Wizards game last year, you know that they did not have a single player that was reliable knocking down three-point shot. Mm-hmm. There was no player that was just like, "Oh, he's shooting a three, that's good." Supposedly, yeah. Corey Kispert is the best shooter in the draft by far. And um, he's 44% from three. Yeah, this guy is an absolute beast from three, from what I can tell. Um, shooting off the dribble, shooting step back. He supposedly he does everything from, from the film, and he's been doing it for a while. So that's exactly what we needed. I think he can, you know, I think he can start right away, honestly. I think he, he would really fit in well, but he doesn't need to. He could come off the bench and be a spark, um, mm. depending on how Kuzma and Denny do in, in camp. But, um, you know, he played with Rui Hachimura in Gonzaga, which I think is pretty cool. 
Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, they played together. They so Rui's got a friend, and he's got someone to, you know, to look up to. Uh, they're probably, I mean, they're probably around the same age, right? Because Kispert was four years. Was he? I think he was. I think he was four years. Um. Um. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm much pretty about sure. Him. I'm pretty sure it was four years. Maybe it was three. He's three or four. But yeah, he's a great shooter. What Washington needed. He's 22 years old, so that's that's probably that's four years. Yeah, yeah, that's four years. So 18 to 22. Or so something like that. yeah, that's usually what it is. And then um, Ruby Hachimura is 23 years old. So they're really the same age. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, going. I want to have your opinion on this, but. I wouldn't say steal of the draft or most disrespected in the draft, but there's some players that I thought and other people thought should have gone higher in the earlier in the draft. You know, mm-hmm. some, some players I liked that were drafted were Cameron Thomas at a, out of LSU at 27. I watched mm-hmm. him play. He's LSU's in the sec. I watched a lot of, I watched, you know, him in the, the tournament. Um, great young player. Uh, I think he's like six four, maybe. He he got the mid range unlocked. I like that pick by the Nets. Um, he can learn stuff from Kyrie. Gotta love it. Now I know we spoke about this a little bit off um, show, but where is it? Uh, Sharif Cooper. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Out that's what I was going to bring. Forty eight to the Hawks. I like that. I like. I like that. Hawks, yeah, I really like Trey Young pick. learning from Trey Young. Hey, Amen. Uh, what, what do you think? I think Cooper is, uh, I mean, he's, he's incredibly talented. He can, his playmaking ability is really, I, I don't know how he, was, how he was available at 48. I think it's kind of ridiculous. Um, yeah, I'm looking at now average 20 points, eight assists in only 33 minutes uh, at Auburn. I mean, yeah. It, I don't know how he's available 48. I think he's really talented. Was, I think was, he can play right away. It was crazy. I was I mean, hoping we could get the Sixers would draft him at 50, but I was hoping he was going to go undrafted and the Wizards late. would pick him up. <laughs> but, oh yeah. There's um you know. I mean there's some there's some noticeable guys here that got drafted late. Luca Garza. Um, Luca Garza. You know, people people worry about his um his transition to the NBA and his defensive ability, but consensus national player of the year going at the bottom of the second round. I don't know, hey, man. I mean, he's got an incredible offensive versatility, which, you know, Daniel Gafford just talked about how important that was. So mm-hmm. I think that Garza at pick number 52 is an absolute steal. Oh yeah. Um, this is not really, I mean, this has to do with the draft, but uh, Giannis's brother went undrafted. Alex. Oh, really? I didn't even. I didn't know he, went, he was. He went undrafted. Where did he get sure, picked up? Did he I'm get sure picked up? I'm sure some yet? team. I would love the Bucks to pick him up. <laughs> I would love I, that. They probably will, honestly. Um, I think um, he got, and then some other undrafted players. Oh, he, Mac, he's going to join the Kings in the summer league for summer league. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mac McClung played at Texas Tech before that at uh, Georgetown. Went undrafted. Mm-hmm. I think he. I think the Lakers picked him up for a training camp or something like that. Summer league, maybe. Um, I don't know. I th- I'm leaning towards training camp, which probably they'll probably extend him to. I'll look it up. To um, summer league. Yeah, training camp. You're right. But um, hey, man, I'm. This is a really good class. Yeah, I mean, I, like I think it. there's a, a lot really of potential here for just completely breakout players. Um, yeah, like everyone here is breakout potential. You know, I don't know if you follow high school basketball that much. I I'm into college uh, basketball. People transitioning from uh, high school to basketball into the league, but Jalen Green, super athletic, played in the G League. Uh, with Kuminga and some other players, his best friend 
uh, you've probably heard of this, um, Josh Christopher. They both ended up on the, the Houston Rockets. If that's not the best wow. story of the drafts, I don't know what is, man. That's... All right, I'll do you one better. Okay, okay. I don't know if this is better, but uh, Franz Wagner got drafted to his brother's team. I like that. The Orlando Magic. So Franz like and Mo Wagner are both playing on Orlando. I mean, I, I might I might do you one better right here. All right. <laughs> I don't uh, have another one after that. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm going to butcher this name. Play for Illinois. Uh, bear with me here for a second. All right. Oh, I see the name. I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I, don't, know I, don't how to say it. I literally don't know how to say it. A guard out of Illinois gets drafted to his hometown in Chicago. I don't know if it's A U I U. I'm not even going to try the last name. I'm sorry if I'm. I hope he I becomes can't. good, so then we can look back at this and you can sound like an idiot. Uh, okay, dude. <laughs> okay, man. Um. But yeah, draft. I like this draft class. Um, a lot of stars, especially. I've been I've been watching these players since high school. It's it's crazy how far they've come. And you know, you know, Josh Giddy. Mm-hmm. He is, I believe, it's kind of crazy. He's 18 years old. Yeah. See, that's insane. That is insane. Like, see, that's the other end of the spectrum that I was talking about. Yeah. So much potential. But, like, um, and that's just the thunder. And they took the, the center from Turkey. Yeah. It was the Turkish league MVP um, at 18 years old. So sometimes guys like that, they can make you look stupid. You know, everyone that passed on them. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good segue. I, I know we didn't, we, we didn't really talk about this at the, the beginning, but, um, you know, I don't know if y'all listened, I think I believe two episodes ago, before we we took a little break um so episode eight maybe it could have been nine correct me if i'm wrong but we implemented the uh the painted area hall oh of yeah fame. the painted area hall of fame who which currently consists of Brent forbes, Brent forbes and robin lopez yes we implement we, uh, we put them in there june 5th believe it or not June 5th. Because we, we have extensive records for the Painted Area Hall of Fame. It's very serious. Yes. Um, so, and I, now, think, I think everyone knows what's coming. The, Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford. Welcome to the Painted Area Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. You're on a, a very selective group of individuals. Yeah. Um, I mean, not a lot of guys can say that they've been uh, – in a hall of fame with Bryn Forbes and Robin Lopez, especially, I mean, he spoke about Robin Lopez with the captain hook, oh, man. I mean, Robin Lopez, you know, Go. like he said, he's got Jabbar, but he can't jump aside. You know? Yeah, man. <laughs> um, I, this episode, probably my, my favorite. I yeah, I think so say. too. My favorite. Um, yeah. Hopefully we got, we got more to come. We'd actually definitely have, that's guaranteed more to come. Yeah. We'll be back. Uh, more Talk about free agency. We're going to try to try to make some, uh, some things work out. We'll be yeah. back next week with free agency starting uh, more trades, probably hopefully a blockbuster trade. Another one. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, like a Ben Simmons or something. Ben Simmons, Dame, Dame requests out of uh, Portland. And that's, that's why we love the, the NBA. That's why we made it. We'll see podcast. what happens. All Follow right. us on uh, TikTok. Oh, yeah, TikTok at the Painted Area. We've got some good uh, sports card content if you guys mm-hmm. are into that um, well, uh, on there. This was fun. I enjoyed it. We'll see yeah. you all next week. See you all next week.